it's good to be with you today. I wanted to talk today about affirmation and about receiving Father's love. And I know that for many of you, um, you maybe have great fathers and you've had many great positive experiences. But I also know that many of you maybe have been fatherless in some way or another. And I know that's been my experience. I know that as a child, um, I grew up with a father who was fairly, uh, fairly absent, fairly and could even be abusive. And it was a very difficult and challenging childhood. My parents eventually actually divorced. Uh, and even then there was a sense you know, of abandonment and a sense that I didn't have a father. So I'm wondering if you relate to that experience at all. Maybe you weren't fatherless. Maybe you did have a, a fairly good father, um, but was sometimes absent or sometimes you felt unseen, unnoticed. You know, I can recall as a child um, noticing that I didn't, I wasn't well accepted by my own father. It seemed like our own interests were extremely different. I mean, I love to read. <laughs> And I don't think he ever read. <laughs> I don't think he, uh, well, I did see him reading um, a newspaper every week that had the hockey stats, which was another reminder of how I failed as a son because I actually was terrible at hockey. So I was this young Canadian boy and uh, uh, I could skate well, but uh, I had a difficult time uh, playing the game. Uh, later, they came to found out that uh, I actually needed glasses really badly. So you can imagine not being able to see the puck. But other, there are other examples too. Um, you know, feeling like, well, my dad took me fishing maybe twice, but it was only because another father was taking his son fishing. So I always felt like I was an afterthought. And maybe in everyday life, felt, I felt like a nuisance. Like I was annoying, I was in the way, I was a burden. Um, that's a horrible way to feel about your own father. And I'm curious if, you know, sometimes you felt that way, whether you felt like you weren't a priority, maybe you weren't really noticed, or your own father or mother, or whoever the parent was, um, didn't seem to really care or value what you were all about. Um, I had a nice counterbalance. My mother kind of took over that part of things as far as wanting to, um, you know, value me and wanting to encourage me and wanting to, you know, saying positive things about me all the time, but not having that father who, who was affirming was really painful, was really difficult. And so, especially this week and Be With The Word, we were really wanting to look at what it means to really be affirmed, because I know that for me, it took a long time. When I was in college, I can recall um, one time my father visited me, and the reason he visited was his boss was impressed with the college I went to and wanted to know what my major was. My father didn't know. He had to come visit me to find out what my major was. Yeah, and that was, that really hurt. You know, and I'm, I'm curious, you know, whether you have hurts too, whether there are times when you felt like, wow, this person is supposed to take care of me, doesn't even know me, hasn't really taken the time to, to, to uh, really see me. You know, there, I did get a wonderful blessing, however, in that, you know, when I was at college, there was this wonderful priest. His name was Father John, Father John Hibbard, and this was in Kingston, Ontario. If anyone knows him, they would know he's a, he's a good, kind, and good priest. And when, when uh, I was at daily mass uh, in college, he noticed me. 
he spotted me. He started talking to me. He started to include me. You know, I, he got me involved in all, as a, you know, I became an assistant sacristan, reader, everything. But um, he also had me come over sometimes for lunch, took an interest in what I was studying, took an interest in, in me as a person. Now I could tell he had me in mind for priesthood. At one point he even took me to the seminary. You know, and I know he was probably disappointed that that's not the path that I ended up uh, choosing. But, you know, it really meant a lot to me that he saw me as worth something. That I was worth getting to know and having a vision for. That he could see me as a priest. That he would want and get excited about taking me and showing me a seminary. But I had, and I had tons of questions for him. He answered all kinds of theological questions that I had, and he was he delighted in just sharing his knowledge and his understanding with me. So I had this wonderful blessing. So even though we may have hurts, we may have painful experiences, we also need to stop and you know recognize. I'd like you to think about what are ways in which you know you have felt affirmed and you have felt blessed in your life, and it's important to really let that soak in. I know that uh, another aspect of the work Father John did with me was uh, prayer and healing prayer with me. And when we were in prayer and he would pray over me, he sometimes asked me, you know, to think about, um, you know, times when I felt alone or times when I felt hurt and invited Jesus into that moment. And, you know, I was really comfortable with, with sitting with Jesus because Jesus was was almost like a, a much older brother and, and he was a man I could see him but I was deathly afraid of God the Father God the Father to me was very distant very unapproachable perhaps annoyed and uninterested in me and, and, and I was just a nuisance to him and of course that that was a lie but that's how I felt about it. I couldn't emotionally and psychologically get to a place of accepting them until uh, I experienced that prayer, <laughs> that deep prayer of Jesus being with me. And I'm not sure what happened. I don't remember it 100% because it was many years ago. Father John helped to guide that. Um, or whether it was just the Holy Spirit moved the moment. But uh, I had an experience of Jesus carrying me and bringing me to God the Father and letting me just sit on his lap and letting me just experience his love for me. And what an experience of being delighted in, an experience of being known, an experience of being seen and being able to receive comfort. So I feel very blessed to Father John, but I feel very blessed to God the Father because he found a way to reach me. He found a way to fill that empty space that, that had been hurt, that was broken, that was just empty, and he was able to fill it. And it has really made a difference in my life. Welcome back to Souls and Hearts Be With the Word. Uh, Dr. Peter, thank you for being with me. I'm glad to be here with you, Dr. Jerry. Yes, and as you may know, I'm Dr. Jerry Crete. Uh, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a clinical psychologist in Indianapolis, Indiana, and we are both excited to be here with you today. Yeah, we thought we would shake things up a little bit and be with the word. 
So you're, we're doing a slightly different format this time. So I shared a little bit of my own experience and now we're going to uh, do what we, a little bit of what we normally do with a few differences, but we're going to be looking at the Sunday readings and we're going to be reflecting that from a, a you know, psychological perspective. But first I kind of wanted to check in with you. What was going on for you when I was sharing a moment ago? Just like, just the compassion, you know, and, and just how important it is for fathers to delight in their children, not mm -hmm. just to tolerate them, not just to feed them, clothe them, provide for them in terms of their material needs, but to delight and to value and cherish their sons mm -hmm. and their daughters, obviously, too, but in your case, sons. So that was just, you know, I was thinking about, like, how much of my work is reparative, in a sense, of fathers... Um, Mm -hmm. You know, not delighting, not cherishing. And these are not necessarily bad guys either. It's just mm -hmm. fallen human nature and weaknesses and so forth. So, yeah. so that's what I was really doing. And my heart was going out to you as you were describing that. And then I felt joy too about uh, Father John, you know, and the way that he was able to um, help you heal. Mm -hmm. Help you heal. It really is an inspiration for me. And, and even as a, as a therapist, and I'm working with young men. I'm keenly aware of the fact that um, many of them have those empty spaces in their hearts too. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm obviously not going to be Father John. I'm not going to be a replacement father. Right. But in that moment, I can be a spiritual father on some level. Uh, I can be, uh, I can embody someone who cares, someone who's interested. I mean, it, it'd be genuine. Like I right. genuinely am interested and I, I can actually delight and enjoy them. Right. And I feel right. like when I'm in that mind space, I'm just, I'm a better therapist. I'm, yeah. I'm able to to um, even uh, build that rapport in a strong way. Reflecting the face of God the Father, you know, being a bridge to that. Yeah. You know, what an important, yeah. what an important, heavy but 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 powerful role, mm -hmm. you know. And so sometimes I think when I hear that, and even as I say these words, I'm like, wow, am I worthy? <laughs> <laughs> Are any well, of us worthy? Any right? of us worthy, really? But again, God helps us. God helps us yeah. as Catholic therapists to be able to to be that channel of love, you know, and to work through us. And um, yeah, so much of the work is, is about that. It's yeah. about an experience of fatherhood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's fun for us today because we're in the same room together. Right. Usually I'm in Atlanta and you're in Indianapolis. And if you're watching on YouTube, we're side by side. <laughs> and uh, normally we're in our separate spaces, but we've had a good right. time. Yeah. In fact, this weekend and... Uh, uh, getting together and doing fly in the wall stuff right with the other uh, group yeah. of uh, psychologists all eight of us got together yeah and you know uh, and we're in a sense we're, we're a band of brothers right but we provide for each other some of that male affirmation some of that father love that father uh, excitement and delight in one another which is again is a huge blessing yeah yeah so why why this this topic why father uh, the importance of a Father's affirmation and Father's love, and uh, this week, and it's because our readings really speak to it. Mm -hmm. So I think we should maybe you know look at those a little bit. You know, it's so interesting. Um, the the readings we saw, I think it was last week, we saw uh, God breathed into, and I think it says Adam's nostrils, and so we really have the sense there that um, God is affirming him like with life, not just affirming, but like giving life and giving him his purpose. Bringing him into being. Bring, yeah, into being. Isn't that amazing? And, and then sending him off. 
And so I was so excited because now this week, though, in Genesis, we have Abraham. Abraham. Well, he's Abram Abraham at this point, right? right? And these words, these powerful, powerful words from Genesis. God saying to him, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. And I was moved by that word bless, that he will bless him because it speaks to a kind of an affirmation. You know, the word affirmation doesn't even hold it all because the one thing we can do as humans that I don't think other animals go around doing is they we can bless. We can bless. I think that is part of being in the image of God is that we are capable of giving life in a sense through our words to others offering a blessing and what's always true right is because of our human will and the fallen whatever is that we are also able to curse so we're able to bless and be in a sense godlike but then we're also able to curse and be the opposite of that which is sad and and, and here we do hear him say and i will curse those who curse you so um but the point here is that Jesus, that, that God is, is blessing and affirming Abram to be a blessing. I'm just really moved by that. And it's really tender. It's yeah. really tender. You know, an element of that that came out in the responsorial psalm was, it says three times in there, kindness. The kindness of God. Hmm. You know, and so with that affirmation comes this tenderness, this kindness, this gentleness, this this real paternity, this mm -hmm. fatherliness, you know. And it really like moves me because like when I'm thinking about my child experience with my father, I honestly have sometimes said I felt cursed. Mm. And those are harsh words, I, I hate to say them. But I actually felt cursed. I mean, there was just a lot of swearing, there was a lot of negativity, there was just a lot of, of, of being um, the opposite of what you just said. Right. Right. I'm not saying there weren't moments of kindness at all or anything, but but it's the those 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 curses really stand out when I look back. So this is powerful to hear God saying, um, "I will bless you to Abraham," and with that comes a transformation in him to bless others, and therefore he will be a great nation, where all the, and and all the communities will find blessing. All the communities. So, so it it spreads out. Right, the blessing, the curse just destroys. It could, it could take Abram if he was just cursed by God. He wouldn't have done anything. Right, good anyway. And then, but instead, the blessing causes him to create an entire nation, which actually leads to even in Christianity beyond that. Like, think Universal. of the ripple. Effect. It ripples all the way out. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So to me, this is powerful, powerful readings. And then we get to Timothy. Right. And to Saint Paul. And what does Saint Paul say in that in that reading? I mean, he opens with what word? To Timothy. Remember, he's writing directly to Timothy in 2 Timothy. And his first word is beloved. Yeah. Beloved. This, this paternal, tender, spiritual father that he was to Timothy. These are real relationships that we're seeing between God and Abram, between Paul and Timothy. Yeah. And, and I love it that he says he is and God saves us. So Paul is telling to Timothy, he saves us. And he calls us to a holy life. So he already has a vision, which is God's, Paul here has a vision which is aligned with God's vision, which is that, that, he, that he brings holiness 
that is your identity is to become this to become holy to become um, set apart for God but also to be blessed and to bring blessing mm-hmm. to me that's really really powerful that's uh, you know that whole idea of being beloved you know that that actually is in our tagline right mm-hmm. we say be loved right yes. we bring that together beloved yeah that's why I'm so excited these readings this week you know second Sunday of Lent I wasn't expecting them right yeah, in the second Sunday of Lent, <laughs> comes right up. But that's what Souls and Hearts is all about. It's about getting us to that point of being mm-hmm. and knowing the felt sense of being beloved. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know, and with all the things you mentioned before, delight, being valued, mm-hmm. being cherished. Right. I think a lot of times people feel tolerated by God. There's right. a, it's a grudging tolerance. And on a natural psychological level, that has a lot to do with how we experience fatherhood. We naturally generalize that to God. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, too. Um, sometimes people get really caught up in doing God's will. Mm-hmm. And I understand we don't want to not do God's will. <laughs> um, but unless he writes it out for us, it's a really difficult thing to sometimes discern the particulars. Like here, he didn't say to God, uh, God didn't say to Abraham, like, go make a great nation and I want you to have five skyscrapers and I want right. to have these roads right. and I want it done exactly this way. Right. No, he breathed life into him and wants to see him create a great nation. Right. So sometimes I, and, and be delighted in whatever, what he does, not micromanage it. <laughs> and so, you know, and I feel like that's a liberating feeling. If you are experiencing God, if you are feeling that gift, that grace, if you are owning your identity as a beloved, then what you do in that is going to delight God. Mm-hmm. If that's true and honest mm-hmm. and genuine, it will delight God. Yeah, you know, and He's not going to go, "Well, you shut it down that way." Right. Yeah, <laughs> to get all nitpicky and so forth. Right? Yeah. You know, like right. I often have this image of you know us like with Tinker Toys and Lincoln Logs, and we're worried: Does God want us to play with the Tinker Toys, or does He want us to play with the Lincoln Logs? You know, and He wants us to play. He wants us to play. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of room. <laughs> For us to, to bring in the creativity he's given us, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a lot of times people, especially when you get into the scrupulous end of things, get very wound yeah. around, you know, like what is he demanding of me in this moment? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that'll be a talk coming up. We'll oh, yeah. We're, we're definitely going to address scrupulosity. We're definitely going to have a course on scrupulosity. But then, so. okay, so we need to, we of course have to talk about Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, the Transfiguration. <laughs> the transfiguration. My own practice is named after the Transfiguration. <laughs> and I'm doing this meditation program I'm working on right now, related culture, shining like the sun. Like, I, I am so moved by this. So, so here we have it. Here we have this most important, in my mind, uh, passage in the entire Bible, which is the Transfiguration. And we have Jesus take, of course, Peter, James, and John, takes them to the mountain, and he is transfigured before them, which is a fantastic notion, right? Because it, we really have to sit with that and understand what is that? You know, what does it mean to be true? And he was, I feel like the word trans change and figures the physical there's a physical change but i but what what becomes clear as it goes on is it is revealing something deeper than just the physical too it's revealing his true nature right right it's it's like it's like well they call it an epiphany it's one of the epiphanies right so it's a revealing of something that always was there but Mm -hmm. wasn't available to the unaided eye yeah right yeah and then of course we have moses and elijah appear and that's powerful, of course, because we have Moses that, you know, represents the lawgiver, right? And we have Elijah the prophet 
And so we, we really, he brings both of those and we could spend time right. what that could right. mean, but, but they appear. And, and then, uh, and then of course you've got Peter, right? I love Peter. <laughs> I love you too, Peter. But it's like Peter is just always—he's—he's he's just like think always like action item. Right. Got to like, have something. Okay, we need Coming tents. up with something. We need tents. You know? <laughs> I, it's a good thing we're here because we're going to build the tents, and and that gets totally interrupted by God right. Himself. Right. Like, okay, it's not even the point. <laughs> and and uh, and the words, right? right? And so the words that are in Matthew that are so powerful that we heard at the baptism of the Lord and they're repeated in this other epiphany moment. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. You guys listen to him. But <laughs> because of Jesus. But but this right. is what this is think about it. Even Jesus got that affirmation from the Father. And this was a second time. The first time was right before his public ministry. Right. And now we know we're headed toward Calvary. And Jesus heard from his own Father that he's beloved. That he's you know, pleased with And him. because he's like us in all things but sin, mm-hmm. he needed that. Yeah. His In his humanity, he needed that. That wasn't just to show for right. Peter, James, and John. That was because Christ in his humanity needed that from his Father. Yeah. And it wasn't a weakness that he needed that. No, not at all. Right, or that he was sinful. It's it was part it's of a, his human nature. It is, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that we all need it. And when we don't get it, it causes problems. It leads to all sorts of reactivity, right? It leads right. to men or, or women, whoever, withdrawing from others or being anxious around others. Or, or not needing anybody, trying to not need anybody, which is more yeah. my, my style when I felt right. kind of disconnected, is to just say, it's not, I don't need it. Right. right. You know? I relate to that, too. Yeah. 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 So. So, wow. So, this, to me, is so beautiful and so powerful. And we all need to hear those same words because we... You know, say, well, he said it to Jesus. It doesn't apply to me. Well, no. <laughs> he, he gave us this role model, this example of things, because it's we are adopted sons of God, right? We are his children now, thanks to Jesus' work. And so we hear that from God the Father. I know I've heard that from God the Father, and it changed my life. Almost nobody I know really has a deep sense of God delighting in them, you know? Yeah. That's a really hard one for a lot of people, mm-hmm. that delight. So lo- when I was on, in the Father's lap, I felt that he delighted. Delighted in you. Yeah. And I, and I even I what feel happened? the emotion right now yeah. just saying that. Like yeah. I'm almost, I can feel it in my eyes. Yeah, your eyes are watering right A little now. bit, yeah, yeah. Because that was so important. I was so starving. For starving. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and I return to it always. Yeah. I'm always returning to it when, as I need it, I go to that moment and I feel I'm able, God is able to continually give that to me. It's like an epiphany right yeah. there. It's the revealing of God's love for you in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what so many people need. It can't just be head knowledge. It really can't just be something that you've studied and gotten your degrees in philosophy or theology. And, right. you know, it's got to be, because we're human, it's got to be that felt experience too. 
Yeah. You know. you know, and it was for me because Father John and I, for example, had all kinds of theological talks. Like, I had a million questions. You have no idea. And so, um, like, I didn't have the best catechesis growing up. I did go to a Catholic school of sorts. It was, uh, it was in Ontario, so they're publicly funded. And, you know, yeah. it had lots of moments of grace in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it wasn't until I had Father John, we had major discussions. It was really helpful to me. But that wasn't the same as him putting his hand on me and praying over me. Right. Because so, he cared about me. Well, and he actually touched you. Yeah, which takes us to the next part, right? Right. Because here we have Jesus. Um, though the disciples freak out, of course, right? Because <laughs> Peter is about to make a ten, and basically God shows up. <laughs> so They're totally overwhelmed at this point. Yeah. 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 So they're on the ground, afraid or whatever. And what does Jesus do? Yeah. He walks over and he touches them. It says, but Jesus came and touched them and said, rise and do not be afraid. Which, I don't know, that moves me today. Hearing that, I don't, until we were looking at this reading, I don't remember that so much. But today that moved me that he touched them. Um, and those words, of course, be not, do not be afraid, but um, it's like he needs, it's almost like the affirmation God gave him, he's yes. giving to them, yes. as he will continue to do yes. um, in different ways. And then they raise their eyes, and then Elijah and Moses were gone, um, and, you know, and then they went down, to, you know, went down from the mountain. That was the experience that they needed to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Jesus tells them not to say anything, which right. is always sort of interesting, um, you know, because he was revealing who his true nature is. Right. So right. that is interesting. Of course, for Jesus's purpose, not revealing it at that moment was important. But to me, I feel like for me, my experience of being touched by God the Father and Him loving and delighting in me, something about being in that moment. Um, I experienced a deeper understanding of my own nature. So who I am was revealed through being affirmed. And so I think that's an important component is, is to recognize that our own true nature, like your true nature, is a beloved son or daughter of God. And that sounds so nice and maybe even cliche, but it's profound when you really get at it. I know for me, one book that I really like um, that I found helpful is Henry Nouwen's Life of the Beloved. And, and it's a wonderful book written from the perspective. Henry Nouwen kind of writes from the perspective of God of how he feels toward this man. And, uh, and it opens your eyes to the compassion and affirmation and love that God wants to give us. Uh, but there are other ones too. There are other right, resources. Right, right. Trustful surrender to divine providence is one that I particularly like. That really reveals that that God, our Father, is our primary Father, our spiritual Father, you know, mm -hmm. and that our 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 parents, our natural parents, He knew from the beginning of time what their weaknesses was would be, and there was always a plan to fill every one of those weaknesses, you know, mm -hmm. or, or omissions that our, our earthly parents, you yeah. Know, had. So. So we were beloved from the beginning. Yeah. You know? It's it's a hard... Oh, yeah, there's that line in St. Paul's that I thought... I, I really... It stumped me a little bit. But he says, um, 
and the grace bestowed on us in Christ Jesus before, before time, time began. began. Yes. Isn't that kind of amazing? When we talk about this with our kids and we, they ask where we were, like where they were in the family picture before they were born, we right. talk about them being in the mind of God. You know, right. That's where you were. Where was I? You were in the mind of God. And we were. We, we, we were in the mind of God before time began. Yeah. But, it, but it's talking about, yes, it is talking about the grace. And in, in St. Paul's been talking about gift and grace all the time, as he described the work of Christ in a sense, like the, the, the action or the desire or the, the favor, I guess, the favor, which is grace, right? The, the gift has been, has been in Jesus for us for all time. Yeah. Yeah. That was mind blowing to me because I think very in a very linear way sometimes. Right. I'm just thinking, all right, so we were saved, well, <laughs> not saved, but we were in the garden, whatever, right. and then we fell, and then Jesus had to show up and made some kind of decision in that moment, right? But in fact, that's not that's what not Paul's how, saying. That's not what he's saying, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, this was all understood before time began because God's outside of time. Yeah. He's not. He doesn't operate in that way. So that really moves me. Yeah, that feels protective. He's God at all. Yeah, like he's not—he's not waiting in suspense to see what's going to happen. He's not surprised by any of it, right? You know, and the only reason he allows the the the, the traumas or the the sins to happen is to be able to draw greater good out of them than ever would have been there mm-hmm. uh, if we had had, you know, a completely, you know, perfect existence. Yeah, you know, there's a greater good. There's a different connection that we can have with God, a deeper connection we can have with God because of these wounds. Yeah. So. Wow. All right. This is really good. This yeah. is really good. I mean, to me, this is core stuff. This is this is absolutely central. Yeah. Because without it, I don't know. I don't know that I'd be here. Yeah. I mean, on our own, where would we be? Yeah. Without without the love of a without the love of a father. So fathers really. Remember this, delight in your children. I mean, I just mm. really want to emphasize. And it may be hard sometimes because sometimes kids get under your skin, right? There's no one that can hurt a father quite the same way as a kid. Yeah. You know, with you know, what kids say and do sometimes. But let's remember to delight in our children. You know? Yeah, yeah. I know that for me I get moved very much when I see that. I think I've done that. Hopefully, I mean my kids can tell you whether it's true or not. I think, you know, obviously I've failed in some ways, but but I, I feel like I've delighted in my kids. Um, but when I see a dad delighting in his kids, I actually often tear up. Mm-hmm. And it speaks to the woundedness that I still have because there's a part of me that is always like, I wish I had that. Mm-hmm. But it also, it's it's not all that. It's also tearing up of joy yes because I'm like whoa that is so beautiful mm-hmm. you know I just we just experienced that this past weekend when you know dr. Peter Martin was with us and he was talking about his kids in such a way uh, as he was expressing how he loved them and he used the word kiddos mm-hmm. so Midwestern yeah. or whatever is a word <laughs> but but still the, just something about it just felt the like affection love. was right there I yeah. know and, and it actually just caused a welling up of of you know the bittersweet for me but but a lot of sweet, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. just I love seeing it, and and when I see a a child just touching like a, a like a two year old in his father's arms and just playing with his hair and touching mm-hmm. 
that does the same thing for me. It's like, wow, there's a sense of safety mm-hmm. that I can, you know, there's not, there's nothing. And as we grow up as men, like we don't usually play with each other's hair. <laughs> I mean, we don't, you know, we're not that intimate, like, oh, you know, for good reasons. But, 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 it, but I'm just saying, you know what I mean? We, we it's almost there's a loss. We, we become closed off, and sometimes men aren't that affectionate, and 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 we don't, we sort of bundle ourselves right. into ourselves, you right. know. So it's nice to. Th- to see, you know, even as men, be able to hug one another, or right. be able to shake hands and right. tap on the back, and, and be feel it, not right. just say it or, or or have to imagine it. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, so some of the things I think if we were to outline the psychological piece here, because we do need to right. to get we, that right. get to that, is that some of the elements, right, in terms of attachment theory that we learn about in attachment theory, are things, you know, the basic things that children need. Right, and what we all need as human beings, and it's right. not weakness to need these things, but one is just feeling safe. Feeling safe. That's yeah. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other one is feeling seen and known. Right, which is so powerful. Right, to be to be seen, and to be known. You know what a contrast in my story. Like Father John, he he knew me. He could have told you all about what I you know at that time I was a history major. You know what I was interested in, the things that I liked. He could have described those things, and my own father couldn't, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, and then there's feeling comfort, right? Soothing, reassurance, you yeah. know, the kind of sense of being able to be calmed down. Mm. That you would know that's where you go to find it, right? Yeah, rather than just I would, I wouldn't have, right? It wouldn't have occurred to me, right? Um, feeling valued, yeah. Yeah. That's where that delight comes in. Not just mm. valued for your achievements or because you reflect well in the family or something like that, but delight in your being, right? That you're yeah. the apple of your father's eye. And not because you're a great basketball player or because you, you know, are excellent at school or whatever, but because of who you are, because you are his son. Yeah. You know? you know, that's how I feel about my own kids. Like when they're doing things and I, I just I'm just excited, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I just find it fun, interesting. I just delight in, and they're all three of them are so different that that it's just fun. And and I think it's not a duty to me to be interested in my kids. <laughs> like it isn't an obligation. It's just I just feel that way. Yeah, it just feels like a blessing to yeah. me. Well, that's probably because you've got those needs met, right? This is a generational thing. It's hard to give that if you've never experienced it. That's why this isn't just a nice luxury. If you're a parent, you know, this isn't a luxury. This is a necessity to be able to have so that you can pass it on. Just like, you know, God did to Abram and and St. Paul is, you know, to St. Timothy, right? Beloved, Right. right? That relational connection. Yeah. And that's what happens in the in the communion of saints, right? In the Catholic Church, right? So Right. And the other one would be f- to feel supported to being your best self. Mhm. It was funny. I did get a heavy dose of that with my mom. I will have to give her that a lot of credit for that. Like the minute that she thought I was interested in something, then she like, you know, went to town. So like the minute uh, when I was the I beca- when I was in like ninth grade, I was made the editor of the newspaper at our school. Wow. At that point onward, I got every, you know, book on writing, every book on editing, you know, that was the whole focus, you know. And you could tell she was excited about that. And she wanted to encourage me to be, encourage you to be there. And she, she was, 
I forget what it was. There was some movie or documentary on nuclear war came out, and uh, I think it was called the show. It was called the Day After or something mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. You do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so I wrote an editorial. <laughs> on, on that, on nuclear war and the dangers of it, or whatever. I don't remember who knows what I said. Well, of course, what does my mom do? She sends that editorial, get this, to the Prime Minister of Canada. <laughs> like, like you do. Right, yeah. Like you do. <laughs> and I actually, at the time, it was John Turner. He was Prime Minister for a short period of time, I believe. But at the time, it was John Turner, and he, I actually got a letter back. <laughs> you know, but I mean, what that was a beautiful moment. Like, that's yeah. a parent delighting yeah. in their kid and wanting them to be their best. I think she wanted me to be prime minister, well, which feels like a curse more than a blessing. <laughs> but I think she meant it as a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> so so those are, the, those are the elements. You know, uh, safety, being seen and known, feeling comforted, feeling valued, feeling supported to be your best self. All right. A couple of things. One is you may have noticed that we didn't read the readings in this in this particular uh, segment, but we have a whole separate um, recording for with that has the readings in an audio recording with the readings. If you'd like to le- listen to those now, or if you listen to them before we started, so that's going to be a feature of this. And uh, mm-hmm. we've got blogs coming up every Thursday. Yes. Um, new courses coming. New courses coming. Yes, I don't want to say anything yet. We're going to be. We'll be announcing soon. But we will put out emails to those of you that have registered on Souls and Hearts. You'll get those. You'll get those emails, so you'll know about it first, and it'll be on our website at soulsandhearts.com. Now, did we have our call to action that we want people to? No, we haven't done that. Yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, sorry, I jumped so the gun, didn't you? You did, but it's all right. Well, it's all right. We'll roll um, with it. <laughs> yeah, like what is the action item that we want people right. to take from today? Right. Do you have one? Well, I I think to really get into this uh, affirmation to mm-hmm. like for me a lot of the work in therapy is about coming to know what keeps us psychologically from being affirmed mm-hmm. because that affirmation is there, but I think sometimes these psychological blocks get in the way. Yeah. So um so that's what I'm interested in how that translates into an action item. I'm not quite well, sure. Well, so I have two sides of it. Okay. One is. Um, I want you to use an image that speaks to you about receiving God's love. And it might not be God the Father. You may or may not be in a place for that. Sometimes it's just too hard. For some folks, the whole fatherhood thing is just like... I needed a lot to get there. (laughs) So we're going to be patient with... with, with, Be patient with yourself on this. But my image was sitting in the Father's lap. Right. And so I have that now forever. Um, what is, you know, thinking of an image, to me it could be um, one from the, uh, from the scriptures. It could be Christ washing your feet. It could be being in the water of Jordan and allowing yourself to be, in a sense, baptized and allowing yourself to hear the words of God, uh, that you are beloved. Um, but it, it could be something else. It could be, um, you know, experiencing um, the vision of Jesus like um, St. Faustina and being able to feel that divine mercy. But whatever your image, so you need, so A, you need an, uh, uh, a vision, if you will, uh, an image that is affirming. Could be St. Joseph too. St. Joseph is great for this because sometimes the whole God thing is just too much for folks that mm-hmm. have experienced certain kinds of things. So to be you know wrapped up 
and swaddled and held by St. Joseph, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes as a, as a powerful image, or to be a little older, maybe six, seven, eight years old, you know, and playing with St. Joseph. Yeah, I love that. And so, so, so figure that one out, and we can't hand it to you, but we gave you examples. Right. Uh, and the second one is then be a blessing. So purposefully bless someone, purposefully affirm someone. You know, and you may do that a lot, who knows? You may not. You may realize, you know, I don't actually go out of my way. I may feel it. Yeah, I love my kid. <laughs> but to go and, and bless them. You know, I saw you do that. I've saw, seen you do that this weekend where you bless your children. Mm-hmm. I was blessed to see you bless your children. Mm-hmm. And I think you do that every night. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I'm moved by that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it doesn't have to be a formal blessing. It can be something like as easy as I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Or I really enjoyed seeing you doing X today. And it can't be about just about their achievements. Mm. Focus on it being on who they are. Like, yeah. you know, you know, um, yeah. like with my daughter Lucy, I will say to her, "You're my Lucy," and she'll say to me, "You're my daddy." And she's <laughs> seven, right? And yeah. it's a way that we're affirming each other's identity. Right? Yeah. So. All right. So I hope that helps we'd love to hear more comments we've been getting some comments yeah we're starting to get more comments so yeah. and share the show if this is something that that you know that that floats your boat and that you find helpful let your let your friends family know yeah you know, so so until next time be still believe be loved, be loved.